that the pain never comes again. Won't you let me be your best friend? Give me a chance to find out who you are. That's all it's gonna take for love to for joining us today for This Needs to Be Said. We started the show off with a new song by Candace Woods, and she's going to be a guest on our show in another week or so, so you want to definitely stay tuned for that interview. She is an amazing, she has an amazing story. She's a cancer survivor, and she has a love for uh, music, and it ministers to people. So if you enjoyed her song, All It Takes is what it's called, and you'll hear more of that here on This Needs to Be Said. Today we're going to induct into the This Needs to Be Said commentary lineup is a series called There's an Elephant in My Business. And as I think about what we talk about on the show, there's an elephant in the room, and we're talking about things that make you uncomfortable, things you don't want to address. The same thing happens in business. When someone's new in business, and that's what I'm uh, focusing on right now, there are a lot of unrealistic expectations 
certainly you can say what you want to have, you can believe it, and you can receive it kind of attitude. However, there are some things that just don't happen because you're not well-versed in things yet. And the more comfortable you get with something, you can begin to really walk in that. And I like to liken a new business owner to a newborn child. They do not come out of the womb walking, and if they walk at the age of seven months like I did, um, that's a little earlier than what is by textbook the standard age for a child to begin taking steps. Maybe by 10, 11, and all up to 12 months is when they gauge a newborn child will begin to take steps. But this baby is going to crawl, and then backing up, this baby is also going to roll over from its tummy to its back. There are going to be things that are progressive with this child that are going to happen before the child is up and walking. And even if the child pulls up and takes some step, their steps, they're not independently taking steps yet. So it's still a gradual process. And every time you start a new business, they may, ah, there may be some things that you know to do that would be common to all businesses. But when you go into a new industry, you begin at the beginning again. For me, doing radio was the first way most people got to know me. Uh, some people remember me from the magazine I used to work with, but I got my own foundation with the radio shows. So anytime I branch out to do a new product or service, people say, well, are you still doing radio? Because that's what they know me for. So I say, yes, I'm still doing radio. And they say, oh, okay, so tell me about this product or service that you're offering now. And when I begin to tell them about that service, I'm new in that area. I'm taking baby steps. I'm holding on to something and taking steps. I may not have to go all the way back to rolling from my tummy to my back. I may not have to go all the way back to crawling, but I now have to begin establishing myself as someone who does radio and this other thing. And oftentimes when we're in business, we're new in business, we have unrealistic expectations. And we don't realize that it just takes time. It does. When you made your first friend in kindergarten or in preschool, that person was your friend for many, many, many years, and you didn't really think about nurturing that relationship because you just did it. Sometimes, you know, you may separate because summertime, come, summertime comes and you have the break from school and your friend goes away for holiday and, and maybe you go visit a relative for the, for the summer vacation and you come back together like nothing ever happened and you fill each other in on everything you did over the summertime, but you're still friends. Well, you nurtured that relationship without being told that's what you're doing. So we take being a new business owner or a business owner that is establishing another name for themselves, go back to the basics when it wasn't even a thought process of going up to a new friend because you already got your eyes set on them. I like her pretty dress and her new shoes. I'm going over to be her friend. Or I like her pretty long hair. I'm going to be her friend. I like her red ribbons. I'm going to be her friend. And that is how we cho chose our friends then. And we still choose our friends and our business associates that way. If this person looks sharp, I want to be in business with that person. So you go over and you make friends with that person. Well, it doesn't come right away. Now, when we were in kindergarten, it was a little easier because you knew every day since I told Susie I like her red ribbons, we're probably going to get to play outside together. And if Susie happened to make another new friend, it may have disappointed you a little bit because you had your eyes on this person being your friend. Now, <laughs> some of the things we will not bring with us into business because – 
into business because we want it to be a little more mature than getting upset that Susie has a new friend. So Susie has a new business associate. It's okay. But when we think about the years that you and Susie spent together from kindergarten to first grade all the way up through high school, you guys may have had differences. You may have fallen out. You may have helped each other through some tough times. Maybe she struggled on a test. Maybe she lost a relative. Maybe you lost someone. Maybe you fell in love, and you guys supported each other. And through trial and error, you found out what it took to be a friend. What makes the new business owner think that being a friend in business, someone that you would trust and collaborate with on your livelihood, would be simpler than when you met Susie in preschool and nurtured that relationship up through the years? Now, don't get me wrong. It's not going to take you 13 years to nurture a relationship before you can begin to work with each other and collaborate and leverage each other's knowledge. It will go a little quicker. However, I just want you to go back to the basics of thinking of sometimes I had to take the first step or I was a lonely kid if I didn't speak up. Or it was difficult for me to make friends when I was in school, but what did I do to overcome that? Maybe I only limited myself to making one or two friends, or maybe I was popular. And so when we cross over into the business world, you go back to those basics of, I will I will I don't mind initiating a conversation with someone. I don't I don't mind nurturing a friendship with someone. I realize that when I fall out with someone it isn't the end. Because as a child we learn conflict resolution and we learn if we are an accountable person or not. Did you always run to your mama or did you and Susie sit down and work things out? Did you separate for a while and then come back together and talk when everybody's head was more level? You know, because those are a lot of great lessons for you as a new business owner. So we're learning how to make friends. We're learning how to nurture relationships. And we're learning that things do not happen overnight in our business. So don't get frustrated that you work really, 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 really hard for 24 hours in your business. And a couple of people may have responded, and then you take a break for the next three days, and you wonder why are people not responding. Well, in business, and we, 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 we're speeding up a bit here. I'm taking you out of grade school. But in business, you're working every single day. If you don't work, you don't eat. And that is very, 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 very important to understand. And did I say very <laughs> important for you to understand in business? So you can work really, 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 really hard one day, and I'm telling you, you broke a sweat. My goodness, you looked at all the processes that go into getting somebody to respond one time to something that you put out there and offer to sell or offered to provide. Think about having to do that seven days a week, 365 days a year, and 366 on leap year. Man, that's a lot of work. So you need to consider, do I really want to do this work that I think I love so much at this rate every day? And if the answer is no, I don't want to work that hard, then it's going to take a little longer for people to recognize what you do because it takes people at least three times to see what you put out there. That doesn't mean it only takes three times for you to put it out there. You could have put it out there a hundred times, but they have only seen it three times. And you can't know without being over their shoulder looking at their computer, you can't know how many times they've seen what you put up there. And you can't know that they deliberately ignored what you put out there. And you can't know that today wasn't payday for that person or it was payday, but this isn't the right time of month for them. Generally speaking, we know the first of the month may not be good for anybody, but if you're in the real world, you know you have bills every single day. So a person would have to find value in what it is that you offer. How do they find value? Now we're going back to grade school. They are going to see if we have something in common. Do they like your red ribbons? 
do they see themselves playing with you for a long time? And if the answer is no, if they don't like you, if they don't see themselves in a relationship with you for a long time, they're not going to do business with you. I am an abrasive person sometimes, maybe a lot of times to some people, and some people may not like that. So those may be the people that I don't do business with. I think that I'm a very knowledgeable person, but to someone else, I may be a know-it-all. So I may not do business with that person. It's nothing personal. They have to determine, do they like someone who's abrasive? Do they like someone who's outspoken? Do they like someone who's knowledgeable or someone who may appear to be a know-it-all? Do they want to do business with me? And if the answer is no, it's okay. Sometimes they don't tell you, but you just figure it out, and you move on to the next person. You don't spend a whole lot of time with the why, why, why won't these people do business with me? No. Let's think about another thing. We go into grade school and you transition to middle school. It was called junior high school back in my day. But if you transition to middle school, some of your people that went to school with you in elementary school did not come with you to your middle school. Why? Because they lived in a different community, and now they're splicing out where they put the kids. So you have a big bunch of kids in elementary school, and you have an even bigger bunch in middle school simply because they have less schools at that time. So let's think about it. If, like in Charlotte-Mecklenburg, we have over mm, like 180 schools in all. Most of those schools are elementary schools if you look at our map. But when they get to middle school, they may have, let's say, let's say we have 100 elementary schools. And remember, I said 180, right? So that means we may have hmm, 30 or 40 middle schools. So those 100 schools are going to funnel all into those 40 middle schools. So that makes for crowding, right? And then when it gets to high school, it's even fewer high schools, okay? So you and your buddies are splitting up and going in different directions, and now you have to make new friends. Why do I bring that up? Because we ask ourselves, where am I going to get new people to do business with? I grew up around these people. I went to work with these people. I've, I've gone to school with these people. These are the only people I know, only my friends and family. Because it's so natural, someone else planned this movement for you. You go to this elementary school, you go to this middle school. You didn't have to think about that. You just went. You might have grumbled, this school isn't really that popular. I don't like the school colors. My friends aren't coming. But you get to the new school, and you might hate the school colors. Your friends aren't going, but you make new friends. You meet new people. So I'm saying change your environment because now you're the owner of your business. You have to be the one who who plans when you transition into something new. You have to be the one who puts yourself in a new environment so that you meet new and different people. And it's not an automatic process that people are just going to say, hey, Catherine, I love you, and I I just want to be there with you, but it's not going to happen. You are beginning again, and in business you begin again a lot. So you may get tired of starting over. If you get tired of starting over and you get tired of working really, really hard every day, focusing on one goal to get people to buy and sell, buy stuff that you're selling, you may not want to be in business. And these are things, I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying this to give you a reality check. Because when you go and clock in on someone's job, they've already done the stuff I'm talking about. They're now the manager of where you move, how you move. They tell you, hey, we have a promotion over here, and you can apply for it, and this is how you're qualified. When you are the owner of the company, you create the job description, you create the promotion if there is one, you manage the people, you tell the people when they're moving. And a lot of times in the business, you are, you are the people. You're you one person, you're the people. So you're moving yourself from one area to another to find new people. We're going to take a short break and we're going to come back. We're going to jump back into this discussion that there's an elephant in the room. 
listen, I love teaching and I love sharing information and I love answering questions. So this is your opportunity and you will get more of these opportunities as we're incorporating There's an Elephant in Your Business series with this radio program. Give me a call, 347-994-3320. You know what? I would love for you to say your name, but you don't have to. Being new in business or restarting, rebranding, trying to get yourself known in another category is, is very tough. So we're going to talk about being new in business, the elephant in, in the business. I want to say elephant in your room again, but we want to talk about the elephant in your business. Join this conversation so that we can talk about it. And you know what? You could even say it's for a friend. It's not even about that. I just It's not about who's making the phone call. It's about getting the topic out there because there's so many elephants in the business that we don't want to address. I don't want it to be me. I don't want to be the new person that nobody wants to do business with, but I'm going to be totally transparent with you all so that you can grow as well and you can reflect on where you are in your business and just begin again if you need to. It's okay. It's not a failure. It's something that didn't work or let's see how else we can use this information. We're taking a short break and we'll be right back. In order for your dream to happen, you have to make it happen. You read it, come and get it, you want it, come and get it right here, come and get it for real, just come and get it, takes work, but you can get it, takes time, but you can get it, stop talking. Come and get it, keep pushing, and you will get it. You hope and ask for great things when you dream. Watching others make it happen easily, it seems. But you don't see behind the scenes, it's called the real deal. You gotta make it happen now, that's keeping it real. You're ready. Come and get it.
there will never be a point in your time in your life where it's the right time to do a great thing if you're waiting for that perfect perfect moment that perfect timing is not going to happen you know what you have to do you have to create the perfect time and the perfect opportunity and the perfect situation that a lot of people become comfortable. They stop growing. They stop wanting anything. They, they become satisfied. People getting ready to go to jobs that they don't like. Jobs that are making them sick. You see, when you're not pursuing your goal, you are literally committing spiritual suicide. When you have some goal out here that you're stretching for and reaching for, that takes you out of your comfort zone, you'll find out some talents and abilities you have that you didn't know you have. When the messenger of misery visits you, what are you going to do? What will keep you in the game? There are things that you think you'll never need to know that you may only need to know one time in your life, but that could save your life because you had that knowledge. Unless you attempt to do something beyond that which you've already mastered, you will never grow. What is it that you looked at at some point in time and you decided that you couldn't do it? That you talked yourself out of it? You're waiting on your next door neighbor to make it happen for you. It may not happen. If you're waiting on your mother or your father, they may be so ancient in their thinking that they don't understand this opportunity that you have. And if you're waiting on them, it may never get done. You don't beg average people to be phenomenal. You don't beg good people to be phenomenal. You just are phenomenal and you will attract phenomenal. What reason can you remember that you can call on, that you can reach on, that can make you get back up? Find that reason. If you're not where you are, if you're not where you want to be, if you don't have what you want, want to have, if you're not where you think you should be at this particular place, it has nothing to do with the system, but it has everything to do with the fact that you're not making the sacrifice. I want you to make that dream become a reality because if you don't, you will be working for somebody else to make their dreams become a reality. Everybody is against you or don't believe in you no more. And let me tell you something, that's a lonely feeling. It's a lonely feeling, particularly people that you're doing it for. Most people take their greatness, take their ideas to the graveyard with them. Listen to me, if it was easy, everybody would do it. There are people right now who are working who don't want to work. There are people who hate their jobs, but they keep getting up to do it. The wealthiest place on the planet is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard, we will find inventions that we never, ever were exposed to. Ideas, dreams that never became reality. Hopes and aspirations that were never acted upon. The question is, what are you going to do with your time? What drives you? Greatness is a lot of small things done well. Day after day, workout after workout, obedience after obedience, day after day. When things don't work out for you, when things happen that you could not anticipate, what are the reasons that you can think of that can keep you strong? You will never ever be successful until you turn your pain into greatness, until you allow your pain 
to push you from where you are to push you to where you need to be. Stop running from your pain and embrace your pain. Your pain is going to be a part of your pride, a part of your product. I, I challenge you to push yourself. See, it's easy to be on the bottom. It doesn't take any effort to be a loser. It doesn't take any motivation, any drive in order to stay down there on a low level. But it calls on everything in you. You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. I mean that what you did last week don't count. Today, today is the only important day. There are 86,400 seconds in a day, and how you use those are critical. You got 86,400 today, and what you do today is going to see me who you are. Nobody's going to talk about what you did last week. That the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. There's an old African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. You have this opportunity of a lifetime. It means absolutely nothing if you don't take advantage of it in the lifetime of this opportunity. I got a thing that when life knocks you down, try and land on your back because if you can look up, you can get up. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for to work day and night for, to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep If all that you dream and scheme is about it, and life seems useless and worthless without it. See, it's time now. If you want to make this your decade, you've got to start saying yes to your life. You've got to start saying yes to your dreams, yes to your unfolding future, yes to your potential, as opposed to saying no. When you die, die on easy. Leave no dream left behind, God. Leave no opportunity left behind. When you leave this earth, accomplish every single thing you can accomplish. Listen to me. You're going to be here one day, but you'll never get here if you give up, if you give in, if you quit. And finally, God, you got to want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. Thank you so much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. There's an elephant in the room and now my business. So we're going to talk about it. We started this conversation about the new business owner and the steps it takes to reach new friendships. How did you build those first friendships? And basically how to pace yourself in growing your business. I ask you all to give us a call, 347-994-3320. If you want to ask a question or make a comment about an elephant in your business, and when I'm talking about the elephants in your business, it's things like expecting your business to grow. You're going to be a millionaire in one year. Listen, don't laugh. There's people that think like that. I thought like that. I thought that if you can think it and you can believe it in your head, you can receive it. Well, had I gotten a million dollars the first year I was in business, I would not have known how to repeat that system. So the new business owner, I admonish you to put systems in place. When you're working on a system, I don't care if you're putting together a jigsaw puzzle or a business, you follow a format. When I do a jigsaw puzzle, I work on the edges first, and then I coordinate the similarities on, on the picture, and then I look at the box. So I have, a, I have a system when I'm putting together a puzzle. I may have to take a break and come back to it, but I have a system on how I'm going to complete that. So every time I do a jigsaw puzzle, it's the same thing. With your business, if you have things that are a system, you can put an employee in that place and remove yourself one day because that system is always going to work. That person really can't mess it up because the system is what it is. It works. And if it doesn't work, 
you'll know where your employee messed up, and you'll know where you messed up because you're going to say you always have to do bop, 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 and if something goes wrong, oh, we missed this piece because you're going to know it like the back of your hand. Now, building relationships, making friends, meeting new people, I likened it to elementary school, and then when you had to make new friends, you transitioned from elementary school to middle school or junior high school, whatever it was called back in your day. And you made new friends with new people. You found new interests. You may have even gotten into some new clubs because elementary school didn't offer as much. I think towards the end of elementary school, you began to learn about music. So you may have attended a choir elective and you may have attended a band elective. But when you get in middle school, there's more options. And then when you get to high school, there's even more options and there's different people and there's bigger crowds and you get to find out more about yourself, and then you're developing personally. Sometimes you only needed Susie through elementary school, and then you met uh, Jessica, and then you met, you know, Catherine in high school. So you may, some people may cycle out of your life, and you pay attention in business. What purpose are they serving me? This person may be here to help you establish your system for making new friends so that you always have a way to have confidence in meeting new people. If you're shy, you know that you're usually really quiet until you get to know somebody, I'm telling you, that's not going to work in business. You're going to find yourself frustrated in business a lot because it's difficult for you to start that conversation. I'll give you a couple of pointers, and I know I'm like breezing over this, but this is a huge elephant. We're trying to take it one bite at a time, and we're going to have many more of these conversations. So be calm, relax. We're going to have more of these elephant exposures and helping you with your business. and. Your specific questions will definitely help you get the answer that you're looking for when I do these sessions. But when I see things, I bring it up. So anyway, some key things is find a way to compliment someone. So if you're sitting in a waiting area or if you're standing in line at a store um, or even if you're walking down a sidewalk, all of these things I've done just today, and I'll smile. I'll even have a happy thought in my head because sometimes you think people look kind of crazy just smiling at nothing in particular, and maybe they do. But a smile makes other people smile, too, even if they weren't thinking about smiling and maybe they were having a rough kind of day. And you just say hello, and you just keep going and practice that. Practice saying hello and making eye contact with people. You don't want anything other than to accomplish the goal of speaking to someone first and being confident about it. And listen, because sometimes people will say, hello, how are you doing? Now, depending on where you are, I am in the South, so that may not work in the North, I'm told. You don't just run up on people you don't know and speak to them. But in the South, you can do that, okay? Um, so you can say, hello, how are you? And you can strike up a conversation. You can, oh, I like your shoes. Where would you get your shoes? You may not really care about where they got their shoes. You're just trying to find a way in to a conversation. You're standing in line and someone's purchasing something. Hey, where would you find those pineapples? I was looking for one. I'm going to have to get it when I come next time. Where did you find it in the store? You start up a conversation. I don't care what it's about. Your practice is getting over the shyness of speaking to someone new, okay? You're not making a commitment to that. And let's think about this. If you were romantically involved with someone, would you be willing to give them everything that you own and put their name on everything that you've worked for without building a relationship with them? If you're wise, the answer is no. You worked really, really hard to establish yourself, to build your credit, to get your home the way you want it, and all of a sudden this new person comes in your life and you're fascinated with them, but you don't know them very well. Do you let them in your house and start flipping things over and adding their name to everything in your house? 
No, you don't. And that's the same way it is in business. You meet this person, you think they're sharp, and you want to do business with them. They're not going to just endorse you right away. They're not going to like you today and, you know, what, just give you a testimonial right away. They're going to watch you for a little bit. They're going to study you. And they're going to see if you're that kind of person that is consistent. You may, like I said in the beginning, you may work really, really hard, break a sweat this one day, get a couple of people to sign up or get a couple of people to buy from you and use your services, buy your products that one day. But the next day, people have gone back to whatever it was they were doing before, and they've forgotten all about you. So you got to get back in there and put yourself back out in front of people and repeat yourself. Even though you don't know them very well, say, listen, if you like what I'm talking about, if you like what I'm doing, tell your friends. Always ask whether they do it or not is of no consequence to you in the beginning because you're planting seeds. You always ask for the referral or the recommendation. Whether they give it or not, you're getting yourself over the shyness, and you're going to continue to do your business. I work diligently. I'm planting seeds. Something's going to grow. As farmers plant seeds, they don't expect something to hop up tomorrow and be of use to them. So you keep planting seeds. You keep planting seeds. One of the things you want to do is observe yourself. You don't want everybody. That's why they talk about target audiences in your business. You want people, say, for instance, my target audience, are, is, my target audience is women. Women ages mm, 25 to 44. Women who are mothers, who are, um, whether they're companions or they're wives, they are caregivers to their parents. These women have a, they have a lot of hats that they wear, but they're also business owners, okay? So that doesn't mean that a single mom, just a single mom wouldn't be somebody, because I'm a single mom. I identify with her. I identify with being a caregiver of my mom, but I also identify with the wife who's trying to find herself. That's something that I'm able to help them do, something I've been able to help my married friends do. So these people are in my target audience. Now, what I want to do is find those type of people. So I don't want everybody. In that target audience, I even want to be even more specific. I want to watch these people. I want to spend some time with these people that I say are my target audience and see would they be ideal for me. Just because they fit, you know, in that box I just named, doesn't mean that they would be right for me to work with. They may be a single mom who whines and complains and everything that I tell them to do as a coach, they're going to buck against. I'm not here for that. I will push you and I, I will stretch you. However, I'm not going to fight you. If you want to fight, that's somebody else's thing. There's not enough money to have me just fighting you for sport unless we are getting in the ring and they're paying me millions of dollars just to, you know, whoop up on you. That's not what I'm here for, Okay. So I want people who are looking to make a difference, who are open to change, who when they are met with resistance, I understand what that looks like versus I already know everything. You ain't telling me nothing new. You're not my ideal person. You fit the category, but your attitude isn't right. That's an elephant in your business. And let me refer you back over to the blog because I started out the This Needs to Be Said blog with well, this elephant in my business series with your attitude. Your attitude can definitely knock you down a whole lot in your business. And there's nothing outside of you. It's your attitude. But then moving back to what I was saying, you want to get to the right people. So you're observing people, right? You set up scenarios where you're watching people, kind of stalkerish it sounds like, but you're watching them to see if they're consistent. If I'm going to be giving consistency, I need my students to have consistency as well. And if they don't, they may be a very nice person, very sweet person, not for me person, Okay. Because I need somebody who's going to work. Because what I need my students to see is that they're making progress. If we're fighting all the time and they're getting nothing done, what kind of testimony are they going to give me? 
gift for me. They're going to tell people, oh, yeah, I worked with her, and I never accomplished anything. But it would be my fault that she didn't accomplish anything, right? So my thing is to push you to you find progress. And I ask you, how do you feel about that progress? What does that feel like to you? Let's do some more of that. So I'm encouraging, pushing, stretching you outside of your comfort zone. So ultimately, I get a good testimonial because if you're a good example, you're going to tell your friends, your friends are going to believe you, and they're going to say, hey, I need to work with her too. That's not a blanket statement. All of your friends aren't ready to change, so they may not work with me, but they're more likely to. And that's how you get into a relationship with people that you didn't make a long, long, long friendship with first. You made a friendship with their friend, and your mutual connection is going to leverage over to you getting new people that you don't have to be months and months and months following behind or connecting with or supporting and sharing. Is this a lot of work? It's a lot of work. Do you have to love it? You absolutely have to love it. So as a business owner, every day you go hard or you go home, and you go home with an empty bag. Now, for my business owners who are new and you have all these ideas, guess what? That's no surprise. Every business owner has lots of ideas. There's lots of ideas about things you can do to make money and lots of things that you are purpose to do to make money. With me being a radio show host, there's lots of opportunities for me to teach or to speak or to do something else. Always, always a presentation of it. When you add something else to your plate, ask yourself this question. Although these three things that you're looking at have the potential to make a lot of money, what stage am I in my business or businesses? If you are in year one, and when I say you're in year one, I mean you've been working every day diligently. Yeah, maybe you work Monday through Friday and you take weekends off, but you've been working every day diligently. Not you put up something on Monday on social media and four days go by and you don't put up something until the next Monday. That's not diligent. That's haphazard. So you can't really count that as consistent. So let me be clear. So some of you who have been doing your business for three, six, ten years, you may really still be in your first year of business. So if you've been diligently putting out your work, and you're saying, okay, I'm going to do this for three businesses. I'm going to diligently put out my work. You're going to be ex- exhausted, but maybe it's possible. So ask yourself, what are you willing to exhaust from yourself to to get that? But going back to, okay, I got these three businesses, and each one of them can yield me $50,000 a year. So if I do all three of these businesses, that's $150,000 a year. The time commitment to get that $150,000 from that three biz- those three businesses, is it worth it to you? Because you're going to have to work really, really, really hard in year one. And if you make it to year two, which I hope most of you do, by that time you should have some systems in place that help you put some of that stuff, some of that work that you were doing yourself on autopilot or being able to delegate it to somebody. But if you have Three, let's call your business triplets. If you have three babies at one time, you know that all of these kids could cry at the same time. All of these kids could get a boo-boo at the same time. All of these kids could be sick at the same time. All of these kids could have a need at the same time. Can you handle it? Can you handle it? Yeah, mommies, we can multitask. Do you like it? If you like it, have at it. But most of us don't like it. We would like for things to be nice, neat, organized. I deal with baby one, baby two, baby three. So for those of us who have multiple business ideas, I tell you, explore those. Take notes on it. And when you're ready to go full throttle into that one, you already have done the homework, so you can just let it rip because your first business is going to lay the foundation for what you duplicate in every other business, okay? Some things that you're going to already know to do, you're going to know to get a name, 
You're going to know to register with your city. You're going to know to get a domain name, even if you don't put up a website right away, so that you're not promoting something that you can't use later on. You're going to know to have a PayPal account that goes to it. You're going to know these days, you're going to know to have a social media page for that specific business. You're going to know not to mix too many things together. You're going to know everything you need to do that first business. So when you get to your next one, you're basically just dropping an idea down in a framework. Okay, you're going to know, got to go get the name, got to get the domain, got to do social media, bop, 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 bop. You're going to know what to do. It's gonna, that's going to happen faster for you. What you may not be as fluent in is the inner workings of how you get that target audience. If you're selling knives and selling lipsticks in two different businesses, the people who are buying knives may not be the same people buying lipsticks. So how do you get to those people? You may have to go to a knife convention and a lipstick convention. So those are two different things. Do you have the time and the money investment to make sure that you're meeting these new people? Can you send someone on your behalf? So think about this. If you want to come across consistent, if you want to be efficient, if you want people to look at you and not think that you are scatterbrained, then you have to really look at how you present yourself. This is the new person in business. This is what you want to offer. This is what you want to put out. And the elephant in the room is asking other people to give you what you wouldn't give. If you wouldn't let me come in your house, and you might even know me. These are, I'm talking to people who know me. You, if you would not let me come in your house and automatically put my name on your lease or on your mortgage, put my name on all your credit cards, give me free access to your bank account, if you wouldn't do that, if you wouldn't co-sign for me a car, then it, there's a problem. So if you wouldn't do that for me, but then you expect me to do all of those things for you, and I'm talking about full trust. When we're talking about credit and putting your name on my stuff that I've worked really hard for, we're talking about trust. So if you wouldn't do that for me, why would you expect me to do it for you? And we expect that in business. If we will not endorse someone in business without spending a little more time with them, yeah, I know they wrote a book, but I'm not going to put a testimonial on that because, yeah, you wrote a book, but I hadn't seen you do any book um, signings. You did one. You were mean to the people from what I heard. I hadn't really seen you post anything on social media. Like you're checking this person's resume out, so to speak. So if you wouldn't endorse them, with them being kind of sketchy with how they post and how they interact with people, why don't you expect people to do it for you when you haven't been consistent? And, yeah, you say, I've been consistent. I worked really hard that one time two weeks ago. Consistent is like something that happens every single day, like clockwork. Your watch can't work sometimes to wake you up in the morning. Your alarm clock can't go off sometimes to make sure that you're on time. Your car can't work sometimes. Think about how consistent you want the things in your life to, to flow. Do you want to breathe sometimes? No. You want to breathe all the time. Do you want to eat sometimes? No. You want to eat every day. You want to drink every day. You want to live every day. So think about, am I presenting that? And this is a self-check. This is a self-check. Am I presenting the kind of thing, personality, persona, that I would accept from somebody else? Now, I believe that I'm a very consistent person. So when I get someone who's less than consistent in my world, I try to give the benefit of the doubt. And oftentimes, I want to say 99% of the time, I get burned because I've observed, and I know that this person is not showing up. So I give them a chance, and they do just what I know they're going to do because I did not allow them to prove to me before getting into a situation with them that they are not committed. Now, if I'm observing them, I say, well, they, they, used, to, they used to behave in an inconsistent manner, but if I start noticing that they're consistent, and they're not necessarily coming to leverage what it, what it is that I'm doing, my knowledge, my network, and they're out here working. And if they happen to need me because I've seen them work, then I'll offer my support. 
But if I haven't seen them work and they say, Catherine, can you? The answer is no. The answer is no because I haven't seen you put forth your effort. I work really hard every day. So why would I let you in my house to give you full access to my bank account, my credit card, my lease, my mortgage, my whatever I've worked hard on, and put your name on it? Because what happens is people mark you by the company that you keep. And if you see that this person is inconsistent, you see that this person, don't they don't follow through, people who know you say, well, I know you to be consistent, but you're hanging out with this person. What's going on? Because I, I haven't seen that this person is consistent. This person doesn't do good business. That can affect you. So not only are people watching you, you need to watch people and observe. Just like we started this conversation with observing Susie, and we thought Susie had pretty red bows in her hair and we want to be her friend, you watched her. You watched her. You want to know, what is she doing over there? She has on a pretty dress. I like her pretty dress. But before you approached her, you want to see if she's doing something that you would like. Maybe she's in the sandbox. Maybe she's on the swings. You like the swings. You like the sandbox. So now you've observed we have some things in common. We do the same thing as adults in business. This person, you want to say, oh, man, I want to dress like her, or I think I dress sharp. She dressed sharp. I want to do business with her. She's somebody I would like for somebody to mistake me as, being in, in network or in contact or connection with her. So new in business, nobody really knows you. You're not fully established. They're not knocking your door down. It's nothing personal. It's nothing personal. You just keep putting yourself out there and you keep being consistent because what happens you do a year worth of blogs, at the end of that year, you have a book. And if you do some research, well, if I do a year worth of blogs and I'm still trying to put myself out there and once in a while I get a sale and once in a while I get a new contact and once in a while I move ahead, well, by the end of the year, I now have a book. I've put out a blog a week, so I have 52 blogs. Or if you write daily, then you have 365 blogs, right? So now you put those into a book, expound on a little bit, but you've done some homework because you're planning ahead. I'm going to do this blog, and it could be it could be a book. But what kind of research do I need to do? Ah, oh, book signings. Okay, how do I get my book in the library? How do I, how do I, and you ask yourself, how do I? How do I? Not I can't afford or I can't do it. How do I move this blog to something else? And what a new person in business doesn't think about is what's next. Because you're working so hard to make what's happening now happen. And I get it. But when you're in business and you're working on, we're just going to use this blog as an example. I'm working on this blog. Ask yourself what's next. Ask yourself what's the next post. Ask yourself what's the next step. I'm doing this blog. What's next? Maybe you've eventually built up, built up traffic so on this blog I can do advertising. On this blog I can add another segment. On this blog I can have guests. On this blog I can, what's next? Ask yourself what's next. What's next? Yes, bask in the fact that this week I got another blog out. Celebrate. Blow some bubbles. Cheers. What's next? What's next? What's next? Okay? If you're opening a business and you don't have a PayPal account, how are you accepting payments? Are you going to wait till they get there? Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, because sometimes it takes a couple of days to verify your PayPal account. So you don't want to be there and you can't accept anything but cash, but the person is in a different state from you, but they really want to buy from you, and you want them to mail you a check. Don't put your people through changes. As a new person in business, we got the sense of urgency of I want to come off my job. I want to prove to my family that this business is going to work. I want to make a million dollars now. We have all of those things up against us. Life is happening. The light bills do. Kids need to be fed. I need gas in my car. People playing around. They told me they was going to buy from me, and they didn't. Listen, when you can calm down in business, 
They still may not pay you at the time that you think that they may pay you, but you're not rushing them with the sense of urgency. My bills got to be paid. You told me you was going to buy for me, and you you will take all of that attitude out of it. You would follow up with them, hey, Susie, I know we talked the other day, and you wanted to get the lipstick from me, just following up with you. When can we get that sent out to you? And she may say, oh, oh, I forgot about that. Let me go ahead and take care of it right now. She may put you off. It's okay. Circle back around to Susie at another time. Don't keep spinning your wheels going back to Susie, back to Susie, back to Susie, because there's more people out there that might really want a lipstick, and you're spending a lot of time on someone who's not ready to take action. Okay? Now, a lot of people left the job, and they thought, I'm a good leader. Every time I've been in a company, they promoted me to a leadership position. Let me let you in on some news. Actually, what I'm going to do is take a short break, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to tell you some news about you being promoted into leadership on your job. I'm going to tell you what that translates into. We'll be right back. I'm Darren Marlar, and this is your Daily Dose of Weird News. There was apparently a drunken bar fight over the weekend in Huddersfield, England, because police there are looking for the owner of an ear, complete with a diamond stud that was left on the sidewalk. Could they not have been just a bit more discreet in looking? I mean, I mean, it should be pretty obvious once you find a guy missing an ear, blood gushing down the side of his head. I'm guessing that's probably the guy. Now, now that marijuana is legal in Colorado, the gang at Rosenberg's Bagels in Denver are infusing smoked salmon with the primary ingredient in pot, THC. Hey, why are you acting so goofy, Bob? Have you smoked pot? Nah, it was just, it was smoked salmon. A Florida man is suing a hospital for emotional distress, saying his leg was amputated and thrown in the garbage with his name tag still on it. His lawsuit states, rather than properly disposing of the plaintiff's limb as expected and as required by Florida law, the doctors at the hospital threw the plaintiff's amputated limb into the garbage, with tags indicating it belonged to him. I hope the hospital uh, fished that leg out of the trash, because this lawsuit is going to cost them an arm and a leg. During a graduation speech, Michelle Obama told students to shape the revolutions of your time. And then they all pelted her with tofu burgers. A car vanished from a Wisconsin lake home recently, and just hours later it turned up filled with gas. So uh, to anybody listening, uh, my car is in the driveway, it's unlocked, and the keys are in the ignition. Chelsea Clinton is reportedly so unpleasant to her colleagues that she's causing high turnover at the Bill, Hillary, and Chelsea Clinton Foundation. The New York Post reports that several top staffers have left the foundation since Chelsea came on board as vice chairman in 2011. So apparently she takes after mom. An internal investigation of the Transportation Security Administration, TSA, revealed security failures at dozens of the nation's busiest airports. Undercover investigators were able to smuggle mock explosives or banned weapons through checkpoints in 95% of their attempts. The series of tests were conducted by Homeland Security Red Teams, who pose as passengers setting out to beat the system. According to officials briefed on the results of a recent Homeland Security Inspector General report, 
TSA agents failed 67 out of 70 tests. That's failing 95% of the time, with red team members repeatedly able to get potential weapons through checkpoints. But don't worry, because you're still going to be asked to remove your shoes, so, you know, we're completely safe. That's your Daily Dose of Weird News. I'm Darren Marlar. Get more weird news at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com. Got dreams on a sunny day. Six rings like MJ.
Thank you so much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. We're getting ready for politics with Valerie's son. But the last thing I wanted to talk to you about with the elephant in my business is leadership. When you're promoted into leadership positions on your job, that means they believe that you are a great employee and they want to keep you that way. They're not promoting you because they think that you'll be a great business owner. Why would they do that? They're paying you more money, giving you more perks, and they're giving you more power on their job. Now, don't be fooled into thinking that was your sign to go and start your own business. That's not usually the sign. However, that is a good tool to have you can lead and guide other people, motivate them into action. That is good, but that's not an automatic that they believe you would be a good opportunity, that that they that you would be a good person to start your own business. They don't want to do that. They're not promoting you to do that. They promote you to stay with them because you have skills that they can benefit from. We're going to get ready for politics with Valerie Sun. Thank you so much for staying in tune for the Elephant in My Business series. We will talk some more tomorrow with that. Valerie Sun, what do you have for us? Well, it's always great to be able to come on another um, another Monday. I mean, so many exciting things happen in politics as we enjoy this beautiful weather here in the city, around 90 degrees here in the city of Charlotte. But another thing is going to take place. One I want to in particular kind of start with is that uh, kind of days after we had two uh, major newspaper databases that kind of projected the aim of tracking what was actually happening in the killing of police officers, exactly, I'm sorry, police officer killings, and exactly how it would take place and what happened. Well, now you have two Democratic senators that announced on last Tuesday they're going to introduce legislation that will require all states to report to the Justice Department any time a police officer is involved in a shooting or any other use of force that results in death. The legislation is introduced by Senators Barbara Boxer, who's a Democrat out of California, and Cory Booker, who's out of New Jersey. They're going to require reporting of all shootings by police officers, including non-fatal ones, which is death further than the death in custody reporting act, which was approved by Congress on last year. Now, each state will be required to give details, including age, gender, race, and whether the person was armed for any police shooting. Now, in the release in this bill, which uh, we actually found information where the member bill over 385 people have been shot and killed by police since January, that's including you know, both shot and killed, putting the nation on pace to have more than double the number of fatal police shootings, counting on average by the Now, that piece is just the latest in the year-long effort to get uh, police accountability more out into the forefront. Now, this includes creation of a database which is going to chronicle every fatal shooting by police officers in the country through each particular year. Now, this is also unveiled by the Guardian, which is given a similar report, which aims to tally every person killed by a police officer by shooting, taser, or other death. Um, they want to have this updated and running by next year, but certainly by the conclusion of next year, to have an entire database for this. Some civil rights leaders have criticized Congress for passing little legislation in response to unrest that we've had throughout the country, of course, in Baltimore and in Ferguson and down in South Carolina. Many activists who have led protests in the past year have considered the passage of legislation requiring detailed death and custody reports to DOG to be a major victory. However, Republicans, which actually are in control of both the House and the Senate, so it's always an issue when that happens. So Democratic legislation proposals is going to face an uphill battle in actually getting this approved. But I think it's a tremendous step just in the fact that it's being announced and that uh, measures are being taken place to, again, have every, all this information be reported to the Department of Justice. So, again, you have a clear database, a clear understanding of exactly how this happened. And I think it's going to be on both ends, be it from the citizens as well as the police, because, again, you have great data. You have actual uh, numbers on exactly what took place, kind of how it took place. And again, you're going to include race, gender, age, and all those things in it. So that is the new bill being proposed uh, nationally by Democrats.
here in North Carolina, there are a few things uh, of importance. One being the House panel rejected the push on last Tuesday to kind of gut legislation that will provide state-issued identification cards and driving permits for many thousands of immigrants in the United States who are here illegally, while increasing penalties for selling or using phony IDs. Now, the House Finance Committee failed to vote on House Bill 328, and it's unclear whether the measure will make it to the House floor. Now, currently, undocumented immigrants will have to provide fingerprints, submit to criminal background checks, and pay fees that can range between $60 and $200, and provide proof of identity to receive ID cards or one-year driving permits from the State uh, Division of Motor Vehicles. The driving permits will come with a standard DMV licensing requirement, including driving tests and insurance coverage. Now, making or selling phony ID cards will be punished as a felony. Penalties would also be increased for undocumented immigrants who drive without a license or without insurance coverage. These illegal drivers would be more likely to face arrest. They'd find it harder to win release on bail, and they'd risk having their car seized, none of which are currently taking place. Of course, there's going to be tougher requirements. Now, Rodney Moore, who's one of our representatives here in Mecklenburg County, has long been in favor of this legislation. Two committee members worried that uh, the new bill would deliver an undue punishment without filling the charges of underage teens who use counterfeit IDs and they mainly use them for buying cigarettes, buying alcohol, maybe business into uh, different bars or establishments. Um, Paul Stam was out of Wake County, the Wake County Republican, spoke out this bill was the best solution to North Carolina's huge problem of uninsured and unidentifiable drivers, which there is a great issue with because, of course, many times you see accidents or situations happen where there is an uninsured driver, or in many cases they're unidentifiable drivers because they have no ID, no one knows who they are. Many times they are immigrants, which does cause, obviously, um, a big issue because now you're trying to get everything covered, seeing who's done what, who's responsible, how everything's going to be paid. So now you'll have some form of ID, and you'll have to go through a certain process to get that ID. Um, this is also being lobbied for and supported by the uh, the uh, Ministry, which is a Latino advocacy group. That I talked about how the bill protects North Carolina from other criminals because they're going to have all of their people going to go through and make sure that all the immigrants there do have the proper steps and go through the proper channels to have the proper identification. So now it's only going to be on those individuals who do not uh, take that step. So that seems to be a, a big change in the way things are currently done. The State House voted 79 to 36, and then they came back, uh, as I see in their data. State Senate vote of 32 to 15 to override Governor Pat McCoy's veto of a bill aimed at discouraging undercover investigators from farm and workplace conditions. And we talked about this on last week. This was the opponents called the Majesty Agag bill and said it doesn't offer enough protection for whistleblowers. Supporters argue that it needs to be protected by the businesses. Now, while the bill now becomes law within a week of the veto, the House delayed a separate override vote on the bill to exempt magistrates from performing marriages. Republican leaders wouldn't say when they'll take a vote where they had enough support to override the governor. But the items appear on Thursday's calendar under the heading of unfinished business, and there's a list of things that seem to have to be covered from there. Now, on Wednesday's override vote on the workplace bill kind of shows there's just a little support among Republicans for Governor McCord's position. Currently, only three Republican legislators, each in the Senate and House, voted against the override. Meanwhile, 12 House Democrats and three Democratic senators voted in favor of the bill. Now, essentially, this bill is going to create a recourse in the civil courts for business owners who sue employees who use their position to secretly take photographs or shoot videos in the workplace. It could also be used to sue workers who steal data, documents, or merchandise. It's aimed at small-time thieves and basically corporate spies. There's going to have everything now being video where it will be legally. You can Everything that happens now in the workplace can be video, and the video could then be turned over. Employees could sue for punitive damages 
of $5,000 a day in addition to compensation for actual damages. Much of the focus of the bill has been on the so-called Guinea hag-gag offense. The reason hag-gag is simply refers to laws intended to muzzle private undercover investigations by animal welfare, I'm sorry, animal welfare groups, reporters, and others. Several of the country's leading animal welfare organizations have fought to defeat the bill and then to encourage a veto, including a $50,000 TV ad campaign by the Humane Society of the United States. Others who publicly criticized the bill include the AARP. Also in North Carolina, a very controversial bill that now uh, many critics say will allow gun buyers to avoid background checks. That's going to head to the House vote as early as next week. Despite the opposition of Governor McCory and of the North Carolina Sheriff's Association, House Bill 562 would allow concealed guns in the legislature, which one lawmaker called a recipe for disaster. Now, the bill entitled the Second Amendment Affirmation Act passed a House panel by a single vote on Wednesday after the chairman, Republican David Lewis of Harney County, broke a 13-13 tie. Now, the bill whose sponsors include uh, Republican Jacqueline Schaefer of Harris Charlotte, also would allow district attorneys and judges to carry concealed weapons in the courtroom and reduce the time people convicted of some misdemeanors are banned from owning firearms, meaning the time will be shortened for when they can actually get the firearm. The most contingent part of the bill would phase out a system requiring handgun buyers to get permits from their local sheriff. Now handgun buyers must get a permit from the sheriff, who then in turn does a background check. The bill would end that program by 2021 and grant exceptions in the meantime. Many supporters say the handgun buyers will be subject to National Instant Criminal Background System Check, or NICS, because they say that this federal system would offer a more standardized and kind of a less arbitrary system when you're going back and forth deciding exactly what are the standards for getting a gun permit, under what laws you have to give them. It's going to kind of stagnate some of that and make it kind of easier. Now, critics who urge lawmakers to keep the current system in place as we have it today, because basically the theory is if they do away with custom permits, in the process, you're going to look at domestic violence abusers and potentially dangerous to mean ill people, convicted felons and minors, but all be able to buy guns to find licensed dealers under the current, um, whether you have it. This is coming from executive director of North Carolina Against Gun Violence, Becky Kateris. Now, in an interview on last week, the vice president of the same organization actually spoke with the Sheriff's Association and, again, gave them some advantages of keeping what you have. He said the sheriffs have access to more criminal history than does the national system. The only crimes reported to the NICS are those for which someone was fingerprinted. That doesn't include misdemeanors such as simple assault, stalking, or many offenses involving domestic violence. Now, that's one reason North Carolina Coalition for Mayors Against Illegal Guns, whose 10 mayors do include our own mayor, Dan Crawford, urged lawmakers to reject this bill. The bill would also allow lawmakers and legislative staffers with concealed care permits to actually carry their guns in the General Assembly. So you're now you're walking through a General Assembly and you see that now are elected officials with their guns on their side. Um, many critics argue that it's constrained Capitol Police, especially when legislative arguments get kind of heated. And we don't think we'll ever get to that point, but there's always potential for it when you have that many people in the room potentially with guns. Now, many people don't see, you're talking about probably 70 legislators coming in there with their weapons. Many believe there probably only be a handful of actually carry it. But with this taking place, you could potentially see a situation where everyone is sitting there with a firearm on their side. During our meetings, again, these are our, our elected officials. Now, a few of the things Governor McCoy, we've simply been busy here in the last few weeks, but I do want to always update you and let you know that there are some things that are done at all times, but many things that the government does have to do is not just going out and making speeches and shaking hands and kissing babies, as I said. There are a lot of laws that have to come through the governor's desk, and that's the governor everywhere. 
And when you see these things, these are just some things I always want to make you aware of. Because, again, these are things that are going into law, that are going into effect, and they're going to affect many of us. But it does have to go through the governor's uh, office. And these are bills. Uh, they're not all that controversial, but these are bills that were signed on Tuesday. There are a few of them that I think are important, one being House Bill 294, which makes the criminal offense to give a cell phone to a juvenile who's in custody, which has been issued uh, several places uh, throughout the country, but certainly here in North Carolina as well. Uh, House Bill 113 is to increase the criminal penalty for sex offenses committed against a student by any school personnel. It also requires institutions of higher education to have a list of students and employees who are registered sex offenders, which had never happened before. So essentially, if someone's working at a college or university and they have a sex offender, or if a sex offender is there, there should be a list of, again, of students as well as employees, where they'll not be information if the sex offender is there. House Bill 82 clarifies how law enforcement officers can enter the premises to take juveniles into custody, but there's no reason to believe the juvenile is abused, neglected, or dependent, and the custody order has been issued. So, yeah, it's something that has to be put in the law because you run the risk of lawsuits and so many other things happen when you don't have a clear definition of how that takes place. House Bill 237 is going to repeal personal education plans and modify the development of transitional plans for average students. Local boards of education must adopt and implement rules directing school improvement teams to develop transportation plans for students who are at risk. And finally, House Bill 570 directs law enforcement and courts to use electronic database to resolve outstanding warrants while the senators in custody. And their hope and desire in this is to improve the efficiency and now have a better, of course, standing of where everyone is and what's taking place uh, in that situation. It appears as if uh, body cameras are going to come into South Carolina police. Um, there has been something that has been going back and forth. It's been an issue because just, just like with many times, the issue is always funding. But they now have a bill for guidelines and potential funding for some of the police body cameras in South Carolina. And this is not headed to Governor uh, Nikki Haley's desk. The Joint Committee passed a compromise on Thursday, and the House and Senate kind of quickly followed. Now, the measure gives law enforcement agencies nine months to create body camera policies, which would then be approved by the state law enforcement training council. Police can then apply for money for the cameras, and the 20 agencies that already have them would then be included. The delay gives lawmakers extra year to find money to pay for these cameras. Now, the bill heavily restricts when the videos can be released to the public. Exactly when you're going to see them, how long you're going to see them, is one of the things now being uh, actually clarified. The measure moves quickly after unarmed driver Walter Scott, of course, was shot in the back down in North Charleston by a police officer. They kind of brought uh, many of this into uh, kind of uh, disarray as the way they were doing it before and then became an issue of having body cameras in general. So now that we know that many other states have gone with the body cameras, South Carolina now is kind of getting on board. And again, the whole issue with it, or the majority of the issue with it, has been exactly how the funding is going to take place. So it appears now as if something is coming across uh, Governor Haley's desk, we will actually improve that. Another story we talked about last week appears now closer to actually um, coming to fruition. North Carolina lawmakers have actually passed on Wednesday a law that would make the state one of several with a 72-hour waiting period for abortions. Now, I send this bill to a Republican governor who has already stated he is going to sign. Now, I was after the bill passed. Governor McCorin said he was pleased with the progress made on the bill in recent days and definitely planned to sign it. The House and Senate chambers of the um, Republican-controlled legislature approved the measure by margins above the threshold for overcoming a veto, meaning this will go through. Bill supporters have said that increasing the state's waiting period for the current 24 hours, pregnant women more time to collect information about a very difficult decision. The bill's House sponsors also said they hope the measure will lead to fewer abortions. That's the ultimate goal is they want fewer abortions. 
The bill requires women to talk to a doctor or other qualified professional 72 hours before having an abortion, unless there's a medical emergency. Three other states currently have 72-hour waiting periods. Those states are Missouri, South Dakota, and Utah. Oklahoma's waiting period of that length goes into effect in November, so it will become the fourth state, will be the fifth. The bill adds other rules for doctors and clinics to perform abortions and includes several unrelated criminal justice measures. Now, Democratic lawmakers and other opponents have said there's no medical reason for increasing the weight. If they complain that Republicans want to add further hurdles for women seeking the procedure, the courts are ruled to be constitutionally protect will go over back to reverse way with that. Since Republicans took over the North Carolina legislation in 2011, the state has passed several laws aimed at limiting, aimed at limiting abortions, including the current 24-hour waiting period. Some critical laws were contributing to a 26% decline in the number of abortions in North Carolina since 2010. Now, the bill that passed on Wednesday also requires doctors to provide more data to state regulators about certain second trimester abortions. And it made clear that clinics and ambulatory surgical centers performing abortions must be inspected annually and that no one under 18 can work at them, work in the office. Now, again, opponents of the bill urged Governor McCoy to stand by his answer in a 2012 gubernatorial debate in which he was asked what further abortion restrictions would he sign if elected, and his response was none. And apparently that's not the case. An announcement is planned to sign the bill. Governor McCoy argued that it would not restrict any access. So I guess it's all how you interpret and look at it, but uh, those things certainly are not going to take place again. We'll become the fifth state once Oklahoma does lane this year to now require 72 hours before someone can, or a female can have an uh, abortion. A couple of people now that are getting uh, into the political scene, running again, getting their names out. One here is our own uh, friend of the show, of course, David Howard. David Howard is currently a city council member. When he formally announced on uh, last Thursday that he is, in fact, running for mayor, he made the announcement down in his new office off of Westmore Street. Now, Mr. Howard is a Democrat, has been at large since 2009. He said for several months that he's running. Many people have already kind of anticipated as far back as last year. But he held the event to officially start his campaign before the September primary. Mr. Howard is running against at least three Democrats that we already know. That's current mayor Dan Confeller. At-Large City Council Mayor Pro Tem Michael Barnes, and, of course, former County Commission Chairman Jennifer Roberts. Now, he said uh, he led an effort on council to pass new ethic rules after former Mayor Patrick Chandler was arrested back in March of 2014. His speech touched on the desire to increase employment, especially in the east and west end of Charlotte. He said as mayor that he would set a tone for improvement within the public schools here in Charlotte. So, again, that's uh, Councilman David Howard joining the race for mayor. And uh, lastly, again, since every week that I come on, I'm telling you someone new that's running for president. Well, this person is kind of an old person, that's a new person, because his name is so familiar to us. And that is uh, former Texas Governor Rick Perry. Rick Perry opened his second bid for Republican presidential nomination on last Thursday. And he plays the inner era of failed leadership. And he's hoping his campaign will go better than the last one. Now, the long-serving governor, he was actually the longest-serving governor in Texas history. We left office back in January. Perry made this announcement inside a steamy um, room outside of the airfield in Dallas. Now, in the company of fellow veterans, and there was a huge cargo plane in the back. So he wanted to give you the whole door uh, or everything that you had the Air Force uh, right there in the back. You had everything. You were sitting there. So by looking at both those things, it kind of just gave you another idea that with the plane of what exactly Rick Perry, some of the things he stands for and it's about. Now, he did vow to help the country rise above its slow economic recovery. 
uh, during Perry's last seven years in office, Texas actually created um, 1.5 million new jobs. Now, the difference this time is that Mr. Perry decided, uh, well, he, he, he decided underdog, but he also came in with a different vision. Now, he said he's already come in. He's visited many early states this month, hoping to convince voters that he deserves another chance. He's gone in. He's, he's been to meetings. He's apparently has gotten more information and more data on this than he did back uh, in 2012. Now, he's a great fundraiser. And uh, many of the people who were there and raised money for him and helped him, kind of now some of them have been a little less skeptical of supporting him again because they feel that he's been hurt by his two felony indictments that he's facing in Austin, Texas. Now, let us not forget that a grand jury actually indicted him on abuse of power and coercion after he publicly threatened, then carried out a veto of state's funding of the public corruption prosecutors. That followed the Democratic head of the unit the Boston Perry's called to resign after her arrest with Dr. Diamond. She basically refused to step down. Perry said the case against him is purely political, and he's been unable to get it dismissed on constitutional grounds. And they eventually have to pause campaigning to appear in court and face these allegations. Now, in his speech, he, of course, talked about the current President Obama's administration, about the lack of Iraq's decline in U.S. combat troops, left for what he sees as the flawed nuclear deal being negotiated with Iran for an institute of border. Mexico. Now, one rival, Texas, former, I'm sorry, fellow Texan, Ted Cruz, welcomed Perry to the race and called him a friend and a patriot. Now, Perry throughout indirectly has kind of swiped the senators such as Cruz and uh, Marco Rubio of Florida, as well as others in the race, claiming they have little or no experience and aren't as qualified for this position as he is. Now, from Texas, Perry plans soon to head back to Iowa, New Hampshire, and even South Carolina, the early voting states. We already have been very active. So we'll see exactly what takes place with uh, Mr. Perry as he, again, gets his name back into the hunt and back into the race for president. And, again, it seems as if each week we come up with someone new. There's always new uh, individuals that are getting in to run the presidency. We're going to see just how high those numbers actually get as we get closer to primaries and start kind of whittling down and dwelling down those individuals that are making themselves known now for president. So, again, yeah, those are just some of the things that are taking place politically. There's always a lot of things taking place each and every week, and as I encourage you to do, and I can't encourage enough for you to watch the first five minutes of the news. Now, this day and time, many of us do have access to some newscasts, because, again, it comes on throughout the night, throughout the day. So just sitting down and watch the first five minutes. Of course, any kind of uh, news that you're going to see uh, through the uh, Internet, you're going to find out many various different ways of acquiring this news. And again, there's no major newspaper, no major site that you want to go to where there's not going to be something political taking place. And again, as I encourage you all the time, in the first five minutes of news, you're almost guaranteed to see something that is taking place and that you will actually get a visual on. Because many times, that's how you actually able to see things and get some clarity as to what's taking place again with many people that you have elected and have put in place. The easiest way to contact me, as many people have done and continue to do each week, and we're always glad to see that, is that you go into Facebook. Once you log on to Facebook, you go to Valerie Sun, B-A-L-E-R-I-E, Valerie Sun. On Valerie Sun, you're going to see a link to Talking Politics. When you go to Talking Politics, you're going to see many of the things that have already been posted on there. You're going to see various different questions. You're going to see different articles and different things just simply pertaining to what we've talked about here in general. In politics, it gives you an access to read and hear what other individuals may think, as well as uh, write me directly. The best app you possibly have on your phone, the one I use the most, if this needs to be said, when you get the elephant and you get that loaded on your phone, you then can go back and listen to not only 
this show and previous shows, but you can listen to so many people come across your airwaves to bring such great information to you, covering everything from current events to things that happen locally, nationally, things, there's so many things to cover that you just, you can just indulge yourself in listening to some things that come across these airwaves. So that's the uh, app that I encourage everyone now to have on their phone. This needs to be said. It gives you a great opportunity to do that. And each and every week, again, we always encourage you to be, uh, be, be informed, be active, and be aware of things that are taking place with your local officials that you, in turn, elect and put in office and just kind of watch and see the things that they're doing and then be aware of it so that when there comes time to question them one way or the other, you are aware of some of the things they have said. And uh, so, again, we can't urge and stress that enough. Thank you so much for keeping us up to date with, with what's happening in the world of politics. And I don't know if I missed this or not, or if I, I blanked out for a second, but did you talk about Ben Carson? I did not talk about Ben Carson. I did not okay, talk about I ben want Carson. to make sure I didn't miss that. Why no, didn't you, you talk you about Ben you. Carson? Why did I talk about Ben Carson? <laughs> Don't go on you. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, sometimes I'll be listening too hard. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes they may be All right, well. All right, well, maybe next go round. But thank you so much for keeping us in tune with what's going on in the world of politics. Thank you for encouraging us, us and, and educating us. And until next week, thank you, Valerie Sun. Right, thank you very much. Yeah. I want to thank you and for listening to the heart of R&B. DJ Echo, DJ Delmatic, so free.
Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've gained something from what has been shared. Special thanks to the creators of the TNTBS jingle. It was written by Lamont Champ Josie and composed by Robert Jenkins. Thank you to everyone who supports us by downloading the phone app at thisneedstobesaid.com, by commenting on the TNTBS talk show fan page on Facebook, by retweeting us on Twitter at TNTBS, by also sharing this show with your friends. Thank you for logging in through your computer, as well as calling in to listen on the phone lines. Now go out and tell more people about this great show. If you thought the show sucked, tell them anyway. Bad news travels fast is what I'm told. Either way, tell them to tune in each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're always looking for new guest commentators, awesome topics, and most of all, we want your opinion. Visit us at www.thisneedstobesaid.com. We'd love to hear from you. There's an elephant in the room. You were thinking it, so we're going to talk about it. Until we meet again in the same place at the same time, have a super day.